minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday Rosh Chodesh morning. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh, 
Sweetheart, tell Mama. Oh, Mama. Mama. We're snowed in here. The car wouldn't start this morning. (laughs) I think both kids have the measles. The doctor can't come until 5 o'clock. I'm coming down with the cold. The freezer is broken and all the food is spoiled. (laughs) And the house is a mess. And on top of that, Mama, 20 ladies from my Hadassah chapter are coming for lunch at 1 o'clock. Mama, what am I going to do? Don't worry, sweetheart. Mother is here. (laughs) First of all, I'll go to the supermarket and I'll pick up to eat. Then I'll take the subway to the Long Island Railroad and I'll take the train. Oh, Mama, I don't Please, want darling, you to... it's only an hour and a half to the bus. <laughs> and then I'll take the bus and from where the bus stopped, I'll walk the 14 blocks to your house. And for you, darling, I'll put the children to bed and for you, I'll change the sheets and I'll give them an aspirin so they shouldn't yell and I'll clean up the house and I'll cook something nice for the 20 ladies. They'll love it. Just don't worry, darling. Everything will be okay. Isn't that what a mother is for? Oh, Mama. Thank you. I feel so much better. By the way, sweetheart, if it's snowing and the car wouldn't start this morning, how did Sam get to work? Sam? What's Sam? Sam, your husband! My husband's name is Paul. Is this Tremont 71166? 
No, this is Tremont 7. <laughs> 1177. Does that mean you're not coming? J.M. in the A.M. First comedy segment of this Adar season. How appropriate it has to do with snow, ice, and cold. <laughs> Thursday morning, Rosh Chodesh morning at J.M. in the A.M. on this February 19th, day 30 in the month of Shvat. It's officially day number one of Rosh Chodesh Adar, which means uh, Yalav Yavo, Hallel, special Torah reading, Musaf, Barchinafshin, whatever else. Your specific custom ads for Rosh Chodesh morning. Make sure to do all that. And the Mishanichnas Adar Marbin Besimcho and Adar arrives. The joy increases. Let's in fact hope that the joy continues to increase as this brand new month continues to go along. Uh, you heard the duo in with Mishanichnas Adar, the Simcha song with Miami Boys Choir. Machol Schnitzler and Simcha Liartzecha. Moshe Laufer with Nigun Simcha from the Chabad with Moshe Laufer CD. Kiva Simcha, done by Itzik Dadya. Lipa's Mizmar Lasoda. Al Hanisim, words we'll be saying two weeks from today. With the Shema Koleinu and Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It is difficult to believe that Purim is just two weeks from today. Unbelievable. Rosh Chodesh Adar morning with 17 degrees. The wind chill is at 6. It is cold out there. Partly cloudy, windy with a high of 23. Tonight the wind really kicks up. Mostly clear and a low temperature of 3 degrees tonight. Tomorrow, sunshine, a high Erev Shabbos on Rosh Chodesh of 23 degrees. Yushalayim is at 41. They're actually expecting a couple of inches of snow before Shabbos. That's what it seems like based on the forecast. That uh, you folks who are tuned in in Jerusalem are going to be uh, having a little bit of snow. And I would bet that people are doing an early Shabbos shopping uh, this week, as opposed to uh, to waiting till the last minute. Uh, Yerushalayim at 41, Tel Aviv at 53, Haifa at 15, lot at 64 degrees. We're at 17 with a wind chill of 6 here in Jersey City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. Chava Willig Levy is the author of the book, A Life Notwithstanding. And uh, her memoir is uh, between the uh, covers of this book. And we will speak with her coming up in hour number two of our program this morning. We'll also check in with the YU Farm sale. And, oh, it's possible. It's po- You never know with his schedule. But we love getting Lipa on for a few minutes on Rosh Chodesh Adar since he's such a joyous man. And he might join us at some point in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll see if we can make that happen today here at JM in the AM. Also an amazing day on our stream all day long at jmtheam.org. We have Charlie Harari coming up at the boardroom at 9 o'clock. We have Mayor Fertig sitting in today for Miriam Al-Wallach during That's Life. How do you like that? A little Vinahapohu. She'll be doing the stunt show at 1 o'clock with some of her favorites in her history of Jewish music. So a little bit of Vinahapohu will, of course, do the live lunch. Michael Fragan tonight with a brand new show. If you love politics, you will love spin class at 6 p.m. tonight. Great day on the stream all day long at jmnam.org. Make sure to be tuned in. Rosh Chodesh Adar, Thursday morning. It's JM in the AM with Shlomo Simcha.
Everybody gather round me There's something you will want to hear Simcha the clown is what you call me And if you're sad I'll bring you cheer With my red nose and funny costume I'm sure to always get a smile And I love making people giggle <laughs> I make them laugh cause that's my style Jerusalem, 
May I have your attention, please? This is the last will and testament of our dear friend and relative Samuel B. Cohen. I, Samuel Benjamin Cohen, being of sound mind and body, do hereby declare this to be my last will and testament. Number one, to my son, my beautiful boy Sheldon, my firstborn, who made me proud of him all my life, a fine son, a good husband, a wonderful father, and the best dentist in the United States. To my son Sheldon, I bequeath tax-free one million dollars. Wonderful. Isn't that magnificent? Good luck, Sheldon. Number two, to my beautiful daughter Jane, with a Y. To that lovely child who always got high marks and helped her mother with the dishes when we couldn't afford a maid, who got a scholarship to Hunter College, who for a long time has been a little too particular or she'd be married already. <laughs> to my lovely daughter Jane with a Y, tax-free one million dollars. Such a generous man. Isn't that beautiful? Top. <laughs> Number three, to my beautiful wife Miriam, friend, companion, love of my life, to the lovely Miriam I give with pleasure everything that's not in her name already. <laughs> the white Chrysler Imperial with the white sidewalls. And the Prince's Telephone. The Picasso from the back of the store. My Arnold Palmer golf clubs with a new leather bag. And tax-free, two million dollars in cash. Enjoy, sweetheart, enjoy. Oh, what a marvelous husband. An angel, not a man, an angel. The Picasso from back of the store and everything. <laughs> Number four, to my brother-in-law, Louis, who lived with us all of his life, who never had to do a day's work, who knew how to handicap the ponies better than anybody, who only smoked the finest cigars, mine. To my brother-in-law, Louis, who all his life said I would never remember him in my will. Hello, Louis. J.M. in the A.M., America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmdm.org. Galaital in the background. News from Israel is next. Plenty more. Chava Willig Levy joins us at the bottom of the hour coming up. At JM and the AM, Galitzal Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast on a Rosh Chodesh Adar next at JM the AM. Galitzal Ashash Time, Kan Shibel Karmi Mansur, Imashakore Akshav. 
שלג יורד לסירוגין בהרי הגולן והגליל. בהמשך היום הוא צפוי להתפשט גם להרי המרכז ואף לקרמל ולהר הנגב. ברוב אזורי הארץ יורד גשם. ראש הממשלה נתניהו השתתף בשעה האחרונה בהערכת מצב לקראת הסערה במפקדת משמר הגבול בלוד. ההנחיה שלי היא קודם כל להציל חיים. לשמור על צירים פתוחים רבים ככל האפשר. וכמובן מהר ככל האפשר. לדאוג כמיטב יכולתנו לאספקת שירותי חשמל סדירה. אנחנו כמובן נקיים התייעצויות תוך כדי אסופה על בסיס תדיר. בנמל אשדוד נאסרה כניסת אוניות עד לתום הסערה, וגם בנמל חיפה נערכים, כפי שמספר רב חובל תומר יערי. אני רב חובל של גוררת קרוב ל-20 שנה כבר, ובאמת הסערות של החורף הזה... זה משהו שלא ראינו הרבה הרבה שנים. נמשיך לעבוד בבטחה ונקווה שגם הסערה הזאת תחלוף ללא נזקים, לא ברכוש ולא באדם. בירושלים, בצפון וביהודה ושומרון הופסקו הלימודים לפני כשעתיים והילדים כבר מתכוננים לשלג. הלוואי שיהיה שלג. עשינו מסיבת שלג בכיתה. קבענו לעשות מלחמת שלג בטיילת. נשחק בשלג. נבנה שלג אולי? נעשה טיול משכלות שלג ואז לילה לבן. את עדכוני מזג האוויר ריכזו כתבינו קובי מנדל, תמר פלד, שמואל מוניץ וחזאי גל"צ, אורי הלה. קציני משטרה בכירים לשעבר מחרימים את ניצב בדימוס יעקב בורובסקי, המייצג בימים אלה את ראש הממשלה נתניהו כעורך דין במאבקו מול דוח המבקר. כתבתנו הדס שטייף. פורום הניצבים בדימוס של משטרת ישראל, אליו משתייכים גם מפכ"לים בעבר, החליט לקיים דיון דחוף ולהוציא את ניצב יעקב בורובסקי מתוכו. הפורום מביע בכך מחאה על תפקידו החדש של בורובסקי כמגן על ראש הממשלה. בדיון מצפוניים שקיימו היום הניצבים בדימוס, הם הביעו כעס על בורובסקי, לטענתם כאיש חוק לשעבר, הוא פוגע בהתנהלותו בארגון כולו. בתוך כך, מני נפתלי מתכוון להגיש תביעה נוספת נגד ראש הממשלה נתניהו בגין הוצאת לשון הרע עקב הטענות שהפנה כלפיו לאחר פרסום דוח המבקר. בנק לאומי שוקל לתבוע את בכירי הבנק לשעבר בפרשת העלמת המיסים בארצות הברית. כתבתנו יונה לייבזון. דירקטוריון הבנק פנה לבית המשפט בבקשה לאשר הקמת ועדה בלתי תלויה שתבחן האם ניתן לתבוע בכירים לשעבר בבנק שכיהנו כנושאי משרה בעת שהבנק סייע ללקוחות להעלים מס בארצות הברית. לאחרונה הודה בכך ונקנס ב-400 מיליון דולרים. הולך רגל בן 22 נהרג בצהריים מפקיעת משאית סמוך למסילת ציון שבאזור בית שמש. צוותים של מד"א ביצעו בו פעולות החייאה שבסופן, כאמור, נאלצו לקבוע את מותו. המשטרה פתחה בחקירה. מנחם ביטון, צעיר תושב ירושלים, מואשם שביצע עבירות מין בקטינים במאות מקרים. עם הפרטים כתבנו רום ליאור. על פי כתב האישום, במשך שנים נהג ביטון, תושב שכונת נחלאות בן 28, לפתות קטינים בני 10 עד 14 באמצעות משחקי מחשב וסרטים, להביאם לדירות ששכר ולגלריה בה עבד, ושם לבצע בהם מעשי סדום ומעשים מגונים. הפרקליטות מבקשת להאריך את מעצרו עד לתום ההליכים המשפטיים המתנהלים נגדו. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר.
was sitting at my Chavez table one afternoon When this funny looking monster flew right into my room Well, he had wings like a chicken and a head like a cow He said, I said, Bubba the advice me to fly and launch and kick a leader What a sight to see Put a smile on your face, that flying Luxon Kugel Eater, country us in the Stiebel Hoppers here at JMNAM. It's Rosh Chodesh Adar on a Thursday, the first of a two-day Rosh Chodesh. Great day on our stream all day long at JMNAM.org, including the Vinahapohu, the reverse situation that's going on. Mayor Fertig sitting in for Miriam Alwalek this morning at 10.30, and Miriam Alwalek sitting in for Mayor Fertig during the stunt show between 1 and 2 o'clock. Just part of the Adar craziness that's already kicked off at the very, very beginning of Rosh Chodesh. Believe it or not, two weeks from today, it'll be Purim. Hard to believe, huh? As the calendar keeps moving and the snow keeps falling. Looks like some snow in Jerusalem over the next couple of days. That's the way it looks. Uh, maybe three inches of snow by the time Shabbos starts tomorrow in Yerushalayim, and already snow falling in the northern part of Israel. 17 degrees, the wind chill at 6. Tonight, the low is 3 Three degrees is a low for tonight. My gosh. Rosh Chodesh, two days. Tomorrow from Yerushalayim, Malcolm Honline will be speaking with us. Tomorrow from Yerushalayim, Malcolm Honline. Hey, tonight is the big wedding of Ilana Ambrose and Yosef Mendelsberg. Mazel tov to the Ambrose family on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. The Mendelsbergs out in Chicago, Illinois. Tonight is the big wedding. And uh, we say Mazalta looking forward to the big celebration tonight. That is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it is an, an absolute privilege to call the Ambrose family friends. And uh, to celebrate with friends like them are is going to be an amazing experience. So Mazaltov, Ilana and Yosef, and of course to Riva and Gary and the extended family uh, from all of us here at JM in the AM. It's Rosh Chodesh Adar. Did you get that feeling yet so far today? A Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM in the AM. And um, Chava Willig Levy is going to join us. No coincidence, by the way. She is the author of the book, A Life Notwithstanding, her memoir. 
I don't think it's a coincidence that on a day that we concentrate on Simcha and Joy that she's going to be a guest of ours. Pretty amazing lady. We'll speak with her coming up. And um, we also have for you a, a look at the Sfarim sale up at Yeshiva University. We'll be joined by uh, a representative who will tell us about the sale going on up there. And there's a slight possibility, slight possibility, that um, Lipa's going to join us on this Rosh Chodesh Adar. If not, I bet you sometime during the month of Adar he'll join us with some great material. So we'll see if we can pull that off today. If not, then certainly, hopefully, in the very near future right here at JM in the AM. Here's David Dax. I need to ask you. 
Well, it's the end. It's been a good life, but it's the end. Where is my son, Simo, that came to see me from California? Hello, Papa. Goodbye, Simo. Simo, my son, it's the end. Don't say that, Papa. It's not the end. Even at the end, my own son is telling me what to say. Simo, my boy, believe me, it's the end. All right, Papa, I believe you. It's the end. Simo, I liked it better when you were arguing with me. Papa, is there anything I can get for you? Yes. One thing before I go. I would like one piece of Mama's delicious apple strudel. It's my last wish. I'll get it for you, Papa. What else could a man want but the taste of Mama's apple strudel on his lips when he goes? I'm a lucky man. I'm back, Papa. Oh, good. The apple strudel. No, Papa. I didn't get it. Mama says you can't have any. What do you mean? Can't have any. She said the strudel is for after the funeral. Uh, as one of our listeners points out on the NSN app, it must be Adar if we're doing the uh, comedy segments. Oh, yeah, it must be Chodesh Adar with these comedy clips. Thank you, listener Avi. JM in the AM at 22 minutes after 7 o'clock. Um, one of our listeners on the app asked us to announce the Eitan Katz concert with details on our community calendar. And I must say, and I want to thank um, the appropriate people, and they know who they are, uh, whoever's been working on our events calendar and our community calendar online, have certainly improved things, and I thank them very, very much. If you have an event going on at any point, uh, music or otherwise, in your neighborhood, try to uh, upload it, but put it on our events calendar. Go to NahumSiegel.com. You'll see it says events calendar, and it's the same calendar that links from jmnam.org. And we would love to uh, utilize the events calendar again, as we had in the past, to announce events like this one on February 21st, <coughs> excuse me, which is this coming Saturday night, starting at 8.30 p.m. Uh, Kahila Space Shalom on Passaic Avenue in Clifton, New Jersey, presents the one and only Eitan Katz. Eitan Katz. And uh, that's going to be happening... Uh, that's going to be happening uh, again this coming Saturday night, 7.33 Passaic Avenue in Clifton. Information 973-773-1094, 973-773-1094. Ten ninety four. JM in the AM. I mentioned that Charlie Harari is going to be on in his regular slot coming up at nine o'clock right after JM in the AM. He'll be on a program we call the boardroom with Charlie Harari. All of his regular, uh, 
um, uh, segments, including life bits, practical productivity, leadership lessons, corner office management tips, in the news with Michael Davis, and a big shout-out to our friends at the Joel Paul Group, who are responsible for so much employment in our community, uh, placing people in our community in, uh, in jobs and in not-for-profit uh, pursuits, and a whole bunch of um, uh, different uh, influences that they have on the employment world in the Jewish community in general. So a big shout-out to the Joel Pohl Group. I know Charlie has been uh, trumpeting their accomplishments, and we thank them for being part of the boardroom with Charlie Harari. You can search them online uh, to access them through the web. It's Rosh Chodesh Adar morning at JM in the AM with 17 degrees, the wind chill at 6, the low tonight 3, believe it or not. Boy. Pretty amazing. Chava Willig-Levy joins us. There's plenty more coming up. Keep it here at JM in the AM. Oh, my God. 
Private Goldberg reporting, sir. Yes, Private. What is it? Well, Major, it's like this. I heard you needed a person for a mission impossible, and here I am. Well, good boy, Goldberg. This is a dangerous and top-secret assignment. Now, first, you'll take a jet. You'll fly at 30,000 feet, and then you'll parachute out over enemy territory. I'll take a jet, and I'll fly it at 30,000 feet, and I'll parachute out. Major... Don't worry about a thing. It wouldn't happen. I'm afraid of heights. Hmm, well, I suppose we can get you there by boat. Now, when you get to the enemy campsite, you'll steal one of their camels and ride due east 41 miles to the bridge. Let us review. When I get to the enemy campsite, I'll steal a camel and ride him due east 41 miles to the bridge... Major, don't worry about a thing. It'll never take place. I'm frightened of animals. All right, Goldberg. Uh, you'll walk to the bridge. Now, when you get there, you'll take the hundred pounds of high-explosive TNT, you'll tie it on your back, then you'll tie yourself to one of the main beams under the bridge, and when the enemy tanks are crossing, you'll blow up the bridge. Aha! Now, that's a plan. <laughs> Tied a hundred pounds of TNT on my back. Then I'll tie myself to the bridge. And when the tanks come, boom! Don't you worry, Major. And I'm not going to worry either. Because I'm not going to do it. From the boom alone, I get such a migraine. Private... Private, I, I just don't understand you. You're afraid to fly, you're frightened of animals, you're terrified of high explosives. Why did you come in here in response to my request for a volunteer? Major, I came to tell you that on me you shouldn't depend. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. <laughs> oh, those other comedy segments are amazing, aren't they? They certainly are. Uh, by the way, I just got a communique from the people who are running the uh, Soul to Soul events that uh, Mendy Pellin is going to be uh, coming to the Soul to Soul event this coming weekend. And they sent me this video that looks really cool. I just haven't been able to uh, see the entire thing yet. We are having major computer problems this morning. So whenever a video starts or any type of anything starts... It seems that, you know, within seconds it conks out. That's the reason we're not presenting a Goldwasser this morning, because we uh, are not able to because of the problem we're having. So, um, anyway, uh, on the Soul to Soul topic, the concert is this coming Sunday, February the 22nd. It stars Chaim Yisrael 
and Benny Friedman. Sunday, February the 22nd, the 3rd of Adar, at the Brooklyn School of Music, 883 Claussen Avenue between President and Union Streets in Brooklyn, New York. Tickets at Judaica World, tickets at jewishtickets.com, information at soultosoul.org. It starts at 7 p.m. on Sunday night. It is always a great event, always for a great cause. And that happens this coming uh, Sunday. All right, we mentioned that uh, we can't present Rabbi Goldwasser this morning. I apologize for that uh, because of the uh, computer problem we're having. So we'll go straight to our uh, our guest this morning here at JM in the AM. Uh, Chava Willig-Levy has written a book, a memoir, entitled A Life Notwithstanding. Chava Willig-Levy is an award-winning author, editor, advocate, and motivational speaker with a particular interest in childhood, parenthood, Judaism, music, disability, and the quality of life. Millions of people have read her articles, featured in national publications. Website is chavawillaglevy.com. Uh, there you'll see her uh, lectures, workshops, and publications showcased. There is a second website devoted to the memoir, a-life-not-with-standing.com. It's a life notwithstanding with all the dashes in there. She lives on Long Island with her husband and children. Chava Willig-Levy, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's great to be with you. I greatly appreciate that. I, um, I, I think it's not a coincidence that you are here and speaking with us on Rosh Chodesh Adar. And how, how so? And I say that because uh, it is very easy in life uh, to be down and be despondent and be sad and and wallow in the sadness of one situation. Mm-hmm. And you've taken a very challenging situation. I think you'd call it that, and you could tell me in a m- minute if you would. And uh, I believe you're one of the happiest people in the world. And it sounds like after I read the book, you come from one of the happiest families around. Baruch Hashem, absolutely. And um, and thank you for the compliment. <laughs> um, I will say, um, and I think it's an important thing to say, um, that you know, when I give my various l- workshops or lectures, you know, people sometimes come up to me and say, oh, you know, after hearing you speak, I, I, I just, I don't think that, um, I, I just would feel so guilty if I were to feel sad sometimes. After all, you know, I don't get around in a motorized wheelchair like you, and, and you seem so happy. So I really do feel as a public service that I should tell you and everyone who's listening that occasionally I'm a really big fetch <laughs> and i i can be in a bad mood sometimes and um you know i would hate for people to think that you know somehow i'm different from the, the average joe in that regard so so let me put it differently would you agree then that in order to excel when life presents you with challenges you generally a person generally has to have a positive and happy attitude oh absolutely no there i i certainly agree um and in my particular situation, um, a very critical piece was recognizing um, that it's just, it's society out there that has the problem and not me. Um, and that has really was an anchor that I held on to, uh, especially when I realized that um, you know I wanted to get married. And it seemed to me that people were telling me that, you know, listen, we really admire you. You're so smart. You're so uh, talented. Um, but not for my son, you know, that kind of message. And 
it was very difficult that whole decade. Um, basically, what kept me going was just saying, you know, it's it's the society that is maladjusted, not right. me. We're the, we're the ones who would say to someone like yourself, you know, you can't do this, or it's impossible for you to dream about doing this. And and, and your retort is, you know, I could do whatever I would set my mind to do. Yes, with you know, with with of course the help from the from the Kaddish Baruch Hu, yeah, and and my wonderful family. Chava Willig Levy with us. All right, so to explain and to give some background to our audience, especially for those who may not have heard of you at this point in our community, I find that hard to believe, but you never know. Um, at some point past your third birthday, uh, it, it was discovered you had polio, right? Right. It, well, polio is a virus, and um, actually, the polio vaccine, the Salk vaccine, was announced as working, which was a great, you know, day of jubilation. Um, that was uh, April fourteenth, uh, nineteen fifty-five, and in August of 1955, August 13th, 1955, um, I contracted polio. My parents had done everything to avoid this nightmare because the it took months for the vaccine to get distributed across the country. And we lived in Brooklyn at the time, and everybody knew that polio um, would rear its ugly head in... Um, in big cities and in the summertime. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So my parents went to the country for the first and only time in our history, and it was up in the country that I contracted polio. There were hundreds of children in that bungalow colony. When you first contract polio in what they call the acute phase, polio is very contagious. Not a single person in the bungalow colony contracted polio, except me. So I, I really do feel that as much as I wish I didn't have a disability, um, I really do feel that Hashem, for reasons that are beyond my comprehension, came, so to speak, and said, no, this is, this is what is your mission in life. Right. And uh, anyway, so and, and, polio, and, and, and most that... people who contract polio... Um, end up exactly the way they were before, but um, in my case, many, many of my muscles are paralyzed. My legs um, are quite compromised. My arms are really ex- almost completely paralyzed, um, and my breathing is also compromised because of the polio. Right. I was in an iron lung a while there. Chava Willig Levy is with us. Uh, the book is called A Life Notwithstanding. To explain to our audience who may not be familiar, and, I, and I'm a little bit younger than you, so I, even I don't remember the uh, the, the way it um, uh, dominated this country's uh, um, uh, conscience at that time. The uh, at, at at around the time and before, around the era that you're referring to when you were a little kid, and before that, the uh, the polio was just was rampant. I mean, and, and every kid had to be quarantined, right? Well, um, if somebody if somebody contracted polio, then uh, you know, of course, that person at, the, at least again for the initial phase, you know, would have to be kept in isolation. Right. Um, yeah, and 
it 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 was an amazing thing when the salt vaccine was announced. Um, you know, it, it, there's not, it was nothing short of a miracle. And about, and, about, of course, I'm very proud that uh, Dr. Jonas Salk happened to be a Jewish person. Right. It really made me very proud. And by the time people in my age group are growing up, we don't even know of, of people suffering from polio our age. Correct. And um, I once just to say that once the polio vaccine, once the polio virus has kind of run its course, then at that point a person doesn't have polio, but may have the the consequences right. of the polio. In in most cases. People have no consequence whatsoever. And then, you know, there are other people, like, for example, of course, the very famous um, violinist, Yitzhak Perlman. Right. You know, he his legs were very compromised, but thank God um, his arms, you know, were not. And we have such beautiful music because of that. Um, but my the reason that my book is called A Life Notwithstanding in other words, five words instead of three, is because, and again, I thank Hashem that he whispered that title into my ear, Kibyechol, but if you were to take the words, a life notwithstanding, what you would be saying if it were three words is, well, she's had a life, you know, her disability notwithstanding, Mm -hmm. in spite of her disability. And my point is, a person with a disability can have an absolutely wonderful, complete, full, joyful life and not be standing. Right. Uh, when you mentioned the iron lung, how long were you in that iron lung? As, that was as a yeah. kid, obviously, right? Yeah, I was, I was three years old, about, about four months. Do you remember any of that? Actually, no. I, I, there, the stories that I was told about it are so real to me that I feel as if I remember it. Um, you know, I, it, but I really don't. You know, I, I, but there were so many stories, again, that, that I was told. I, you know, I was told that, um, well, actually, uh, I'll tell you, if I, if I have a moment, I'll tell you a wonderful story. Sure. Um, I live in Woodmere, and right when we moved here, which is about 12 years ago, um, I was going to a, um, a shear given by Rabbi Moshe Weinberger Shlita from Eish Kodesh, which is our shul, and um, a woman was sit- sitting next to me, and o- she was older than myself. And I introduced myself. I said, "I'm new here," and she said, "Oh, I'm I'm new here too. Uh, my name is Hindi." And it was very lovely to meet her. And then the, the next year, which was um, a month later, I believe, um, there was that same woman again sitting near me. I said, "Hello." And after the shear, she said, you know, there's something I want to tell you, but I'm afraid that if I do, it might upset you. I said, no, go ahead. What, what is it? She said, when you were three years old and you contracted polio, I was the nurse who took care of you. Holy cow. It, actually, she was, a, she, she was the student nurse who took care of me. And I cannot tell you what a gift that was because... She told me things that I, you know, didn't know. She told me that my father 
you know, was there every day and davening and saying to Hillem right there by the iron lung. She told me how he would bring me a milkshake uh, because it was hard for me to swallow. And he would hold the straw to my mouth and try to get me to just take a little sip when the, when the iron lung gave me that tiny pause in which I could swallow and how he knew I loved chocolate milkshakes. It was just an incredible gift. And, um, yeah, so I feel like I know what happened. Right. And and what age were you when you were in the Halo? A lot of people are familiar with the Halo, especially sports fans who know of, you know, athletes who go through those types of injuries. What age were you when, I, when that was? I was 15 years old when I got my Halo. And the reason was? Um, well, polio, among other things, um, gave me... Uh, severe scoliosis, Mm. a curvature of the spine, and, excuse me, if the the scoliosis were left unchecked as I was continuing to grow, um, the curvature would become so great that it could crush um, my ribcage and my lungs. So all my life growing up, I was always in something, like a body cast or a Milwaukee brace. Not for a moment was I not, you know, with something. But the halo's unique, I assume, in that you cannot move, right? Right. So when I was 15, it was decided that I was grown enough that it was time to do the spinal fusion. Uh See, if you do it too soon and the person continues to grow, then the fusion kind of won't you might need to have another fusion. So once I was 15, um, they felt that I was fully grown, and um, I went into the hospital. First there were a bunch of, again, more body casts, and then they gave me this halo, which is a metal ring that is attached with four screws to your skull. And what they did was every day (laughs) they would, I hope this doesn't come out wrong, I, I was screwed. Right. Anybody who's had an exter- anybody who's had an external fixator knows what you're referring to. You know, right. pe- people have there injuries. Were, there were there were um, weights right. on on the top and bottom of my bed. And every day, a little bit more, right? Right. Because the idea was to try to um, straighten me as right. much as possible before the surgery. So I was sort of stretched like that. Um, I guess you could say I, I got the rack, you know. Right. And finally, after about maybe four months of being stretched, they had they gave me the the actual operation. There are aluminum rods uh, in my spine, right. and um, and then after the surgery, I still had the um, the halo. I basically had the halo for about about ten months. And, um, I read about a concert you attended. That, <laughs> that was with the Halo, right? Yes, I was hoping you would mention it because, you know, I just realized um, today's February 19th. Every February 17th, every single year without fail, I remember that it was February 17th, 1968, that I had a dream come true. And that is um, I had fallen in love. Um, with a French singer. He happens to be a Jewish person, 
incredible human being. Many people in this audience know who he is. Yeah. Really? Oh. He's been he? he's been on this show. I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, years and years ago. You're referring to Enrico Macias. I am referring to the great Enrico Macias, and um, and I don't know. Does the name Irwin Frankel? mean anything to you well only because i read your book and i re okay. and i realized that you have a, a bigger favorite disc jockey than me <laughs> well, you know something you guys are in first place together <laughs> erwin frankel may he rest in peace uh he passed away just a few years ago he was at my wedding he was at my daughter's wedding he was at the wedding oh my gosh what a gentleman and he was the disc jockey on wabc fm for for those of you who remember those call fm folks right. he had a show <laughs> called music from around the world my mother Allah shalom loved music of all kinds and we never missed his show we listened to it at supper time and one day it was august of 67 so i was not i was in the hospital starting in September of 67, but in August he played a song by this singer, a French singer, and after that first song he said, you know, this guy's great, I want to hear the next track, <laughs> and basically the entire hour was all this Enrico Macias, I fell in love with him because of this singer, I majored in French in college, Wow! And but the point is that you know he has a um, lot of he has a lot of Jewish recordings. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, he, he, by the way, he just made Aliyah. Well, that's correct. Right, right. Anyway, the thing is, um, about a month or two into my hospital stay, Erwin um, Frankel, who I listened to, of course, on my transistor radio. Remember transistor radios? Yeah, you had one that had FM. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and and they um, and he announced again. I was it was I was in my halo. And he said, oh, great news, Enrico Macias is coming to America for his debut, his American debut at Carnegie Hall. And I sent my father, Zal, to Carnegie Hall to buy tickets to, <laughs> for the whole family. I was sure that by February 17th I would be home. Right. And as the date approached, I was still very much in the hospital, and I had some kind of an infection after the surgery, and it looked like it was just never going to happen. And two days before the concert, the doctor said that I could go in a stretcher in an ambulance, and my father, we always called my father the arranger. Within one day, he got permission from Carnegie Hall for me to be in, an amb in, in a stretcher in the aisle of the orchestra. He got hospital permission for me to leave, he got permission from Enrico Macias for me to be there. Can you imagine your American debut at Carnegie Hall? Do you want a distraction of that kind? He said, of course. You and he got me special halo, um, I'm sorry, prism glasses. So you could watch it. So that I could see the stage because I was lying flat in a body cast in, you know, with my halo. Um, I tell you, it was a dream come true. And the great photo of you and Enrico Macias on that February date in 1968 in the book. The book is Chava Willig-Levy's memoir. It's called A Life Notwithstanding. Five words. A Life Notwithstanding. So many things to ask you about. You know, you mentioned your parents. Yes. Uh, and, and, and people who wonder just how important it is to have encouragement and assistance and guidance from parents. 
And in, in many cases, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's amazing what mothers can do. It's amazing what fathers can do. But when the combination is right, when you have this incredible showering of love, support, and encouragement and confidence building coming from both, there's nothing like it. Absolutely. I'm truly blessed in that regard. Um, you know, having a disability is no picnic, but when there are people around you who are basically, without even giving a lecture about it, are basically saying, hey, you're just one of the, you know, you're one of the family, you know, and there isn't any clucking of, or even things like refua shalema, you know, I personally, you know, I mean, of course, as I've gotten older, I've learned, I think, to be kind of gracious, of course. But (laughs) when I'm at a wedding and a stranger will just come up to me and say, Rufua Shalema, inside what I'm thinking is, wait a minute, having a disability, a disability is not an illness. I don't, I mean, my disability, I, I, I I didn't ask for it. I don't want to have it. But it's not an illness. Um, nobody gave me any lectures about that growing up. It was just the way things were. And, um, you know, what can I say? Um, I think my life is a good life, thank God. A lot of wonderful adventures, and many of those adventures, you know, happened because I happened to have a disability. Were your sibling experiences similar to most families' sibling experiences? <laughs> Absolutely. And this gives me an opportunity to say, one day late, <laughs> happy birthday, David. <laughs> my, my, my baby brother, David, I call him my baby brother. I look, Who is when known- I say that I look up to him, I mean it not just literally. <laughs> he happens to be the tallest uh, member of our family. But when my brother, David, was born, I was two years old. And my father... This is a this is a legend that is so real that I remember it, Kailu, um, as if I really do remember it. But when he told me, "You have a you have a new brother, you have a baby brother," the words that came out of my mouth and believe me, it gets quoted at every Sheva Brachos uh, at which I speak. Um, my words were, and I quote, "Throw him in the gabbids." <laughs> And boy, how how things have changed! Thank God, I mean, he's he's really an incredible person, and you know we're very close. And I, of course, I feel the same way about my other siblings. I'm, I'm truly blessed in that regard. Well, look, uh, many people in this uh, in this audience know how prominent a family you come from, and how amazing your siblings are. Uh, I, I I have pointed out many times that I've had the privilege of uh, being the um, shliach tibor. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur at the New Springville Jewish Center, all, uh, the repertoire, all, all filled with, uh, the Nigunim taught to me by Rabbi David Willig. So, um, I always. And, and you probably have also heard Avraham Willig's album. And I've, <laughs> I have a long history with Avraham Willig. And yes, we have played his CD prominently here on the show. Five minutes before the hour, Rosh Chodesh Adar morning at JM in the AM. Mishinichnas Adar Marvin Besimcha. And one of the happiest people I know is Chava Willig Levy. The memoir is entitled A Life Notwithstanding. 
So I'm sure there are a lot of curiosities among this audience this morning as they hear your story. What year did you get married? We got married um, in August of 1983. Um, I was 31, and... How I met my husband is too long for now. I, I'm afraid that uh, I'll monopolize your entire program. <laughs> but you, but, but you, is, but you, got such an amazing, lit, just such an amazing, miraculous story of Hashkacha Pratis. The chapter in my book, which which describes that story, the chapter is called "Since I Fell for You." Right. And, and, and excuse the question and the way I'm going to ask it, but there are people who, especially when they hit a milestone age, 30, for instance, would be considered a milestone age. And how? Start wondering, you know, is this ever going to happen? Am I going to accomplish this or that? And, of course, marriage in our community is a very significant milestone. Uh, were, were you um, levied with a negative attitude at that time, wondering if, in fact, this will ever happen? That was a very cute sentence. Were you levied? <laughs> That was good. I gotta remember. I gotta remember that one. You like that? Uh, oh, I mean, the the feeling of despair, um, you know, was was very real, and um, you know, it was over a decade of of wanting to be a part of this um, privilege of that that we in our in our, in the Jewish world recognize marriage to be. Um, and feeling somehow that I was being told, no, we're not letting you in. You know, it was it was a terribly difficult time. And plenty of people gave that signal, right? Oh, yes, and how? In other words, um, you have to come to grips with the fact that you will never be married. Right. Or, well, that is to say, I have to come to grips with the fact that there are many, many people, maybe even maybe even the majority of people in my world who really don't think that I will ever get married. And what I held on to for dear life was two things. Um, In ascending order, that there were people who did not think that way, that who really did think that some very lucky man is going to find me and beg me to be his life partner, but the more important thing was the fact that, you know, if Hashem wants something to happen, it will happen, and just a small moment of thanks to a great, a gadol that I'm sure you know, Rabbi Grossman from Migdal or Migdal HaEmek, he was the first person um, in, in the fundraising world who realized that the singles community, like the Upper West Side community, which is where I lived as an older single before I was married, somehow he realized that there were these people who were making really good money and did not have responsibilities yet, like sending kids to school, you know, tuition. And he arranged for a parlor meeting to tell about his wonderful work, and the first words out of his mouth when he began to speak were, Rabot machshavot belev ish, va'atzat Hashem hitakum, which in English, you know, there are many, from, in, from Tehillim, there are many thoughts in the hearts of a person, but it's Hashem's, um, how would you say, atzat, 
Hashem's Ad, uh, uh, advice, guidance. Guidance, yes, that will in fact take place. Now he was referring to the fact that people told him, "What are you crazy? You're from Me'asharim, and you're a, you're a chassid with long payas, and you want to move up to the north to a very <laughs> impoverished Sephardic community? What are you crazy?" So he said, "You know, those were that's those were the thoughts, you know, believe each in a person in people's hearts." But you know what? I said to myself, Hashem, if He wants it to work, it's going to work. Right. And of course, it sh- it sure did in His case. Thank God. Right. The point is, when He said those words, I I tr- I turned it inward, and it gave me incredible chizuk. If Hashem wants something to happen, it will happen. Was there a close friend, non-relative, who was helpful to you with that? Who? who was encouraging and, and always felt all along that, that that lucky guy would come along? There were several. Um, then you're lucky. I am very lucky. I am extremely lucky. You were surrounded by people who understood how how wonderful a wife you would be. Yes, and, you know, I just realized that my, my, my again, my baby brother, when he got married, you know, before, well before I did, right. and he knew that that was going to be very difficult. Right, you're right about and, that. Yeah. So what he did, and the, I should just mention these two people by name. It was he who, right before he got engaged, he sort of arranged for me to meet two wonderful women. One of them, you, I'm sure know, uh, Dr. Rifka Blau. Sure. Um, and the other is Mrs. Marsha Greenwald. Right. And to, and they became incredible sources of support in this regard. And to, thank God they should live and be well. To this day, they are extremely close friends. Rosh Chodesh Adar with Chava Willig Levy. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world in the web, jmnam.org. We welcome those tuned in around the world on the NSN app, the Nahum Siegel Network app. Greatly appreciated. You could use the app to comment on anything you hear on this program. Um, one of the things you write about is the transition to a motorized wheelchair. And for you, that was a life-changing event, right? Absolutely, because I, my arms are too weak to propel a manual wheelchair. Um and having a motorized wheelchair, wow, it is liberating. Um, many people use the phrase confined to a wheelchair. Nothing could be further from the truth. What? Um, I mean, <laughs> I, this, the particular chair that I have now, it can go eight miles an hour, and I just zip around town. That's faster than I walk. <laughs> um, um, yes, I beat you at every in every race, and and my and my this particular chair also has um, I guess what you would call an elevator feature. I press a button and the and the chair can go up. Let's say if I want to reach an elevator button right. or um, uh, I'm checking if my chicken soup is boiling yet, <laughs> it can go up. And um, Kanahara, my granddaughter, who's two years old, her name is Tamima, and she'll say. Uppy, uppy, and by that she means she wants to see the chair go up. <laughs> she uh, likes the free ride, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, she, it's, it's, thank God. The uh, please, I you know, I, I don't know, how, I don't know how these questions come out if people think I'm being. Uh, a, I love the question. Yeah, people think I'm being a little too direct, but but you're a mother, 
it, God. Does, yes. does, does raising a child and, um, Let's put it this way. With all that a mother has to do in order to raise a child, is a child missing anything or is it more, or is it much more difficult or, or do they have to adjust too much more because of your situation? It's a very legitimate question. I, I do appreciate the, that you're giving me a chance to um, address this. Um, my husband and I, we both have disabilities. My husband is blind since birth. Right. And I think that both of us feel that our children, yeah, there, of course there are things that we could not provide them with. I mean, we couldn't take them on a skiing trip, let's just as an example. But on the other hand, you know, thank God, I think our home was a, a home filled with love and laughter and music and, um, you know, there, there were loads of things we did get to do with our kids, we take them you know, whatever, to the Big Apple Circus. Right, and, but, I, but I'm not even talking about trips and vacations. I'm, I'm talking about the basic things that a parent, you know, needs to do just to raise a child. I mean, all, all, uh, all those okay. things, thank uh, God. Okay, so I see. So, first of all, when they when our children were babies, um, there there was help always uh, in, the, in our apartment. Um, I, you know, my husband was at work, and, you know, I was not able, for example, to... Um, you know, to lift um, my babies, to um, diaper a baby. But let's say when when that baby was being diapered, whether it was by my husband or by, you know, the, the helper that was there, I was right there, you know, right. cooing, cooing and talking and singing to my children. And in many cases... Uh, I, was, I was able to nurse my children, but again, there was somebody helping to position you know, the babies, um, where they needed to be. Right. Um, so, you know, there were plenty of things I couldn't do, but I was, you know, I very much there and, and very much, I hope, you know, the, the EMA. Um, if there's something I haven't answered, though, please feel free to... No, you're, you're doing very well, let me tell you. Chava Willick-Levy is author of the book, A Life Notwithstanding. She'll be at the Young Israel of North Woodmere this coming Saturday night. Matzei Shabbos, beginning at 8.30 p.m., the topic, A Life Notwithstanding, Reflections on Judaism and Disability. Uh, this uh, this event, this lecture, this presentation that you're giving on Saturday night at the Young Israel of North Woodmere commemorates the first yard site of Philip Bach. Is that the correct pronunciation? Yes, indeed. Uh, could you tell us about Philip and why this is such an important um, uh, uh, yard site to commemorate? Absolutely. I did not have the privilege to know Philip, but um, he passed away a year ago. He was born with familial dysautonomia, which um, is a, if I understand it correctly, um, it's a rare uh, but a genetic right. um, disease that. I believe many um, of the people who have it um, are from Ashkenazic you know, backgrounds. Correct. And parenthetically, I just want to add that one of our dedicated listeners, Jay Mostel, leads the FD Now, is one of the leaders of the FD Now organization that's trying to come up with a cure to this terrible disease. I halavai, halavai. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm not an expert on dysautonomia, but um, I do know. I knew someone. Um, actually, he was my cousin's cousin, and 
you know, as a youngster, I remember him very well, very fondly. And in my minimal understanding at the time, I knew that part of um, dysautonomia meant um, that you, you don't have tears. Right. But I realize that's only a very tiny, right. tiny piece of what can be, of, you know, obviously a life-threatening um, condition. Um, they but, write. They write here that in Philip's case, the condition never defined him, and I guess that's very important to you. Absolutely. I, you know, I feel, you know, had I had the privilege to know him, I would have, I think, considered him a soulmate. Um, his mother wrote me a beautiful email, and. She said, I wanted you to have a better sense of him. And she said, I hope this doesn't sound morbid. And what I'm about to say, as far as I'm concerned, was the furthest thing from being morbid. Um, she said that what she sent me was a, uh, an image of the tombstone that she designed wow. um, for him. And it's got incredible images of, um, for example, he, um, he loved uh, math. So she had the number three, and then a little smaller on top, another three, meaning three to the third power, right. which is which is twenty seven, which is the age of that he Philip was when he passed away. And she's he he loved math and and he loved um, um, game shows. Um, <laughs> so there was apparently apparently a game show uh, station. Uh, I, I don't know G G S. I don't know, I'm not sure what it's called, but she, in other words, she, she had images on the, on the tombstone of the things that made him come alive and, right. and gave him joy. And I, 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 I thought it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And, um, in any case, I, I know I'm hoping that my words will make a difference. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Chava Willig-Levy at the Young Israel of North Woodmere this coming Saturday night. That begins at 8.30. The book is called A Life Notwithstanding. Uh, you got to do something that I never did. You went to New York's World Fair in 1964. Oh, was that fun. <laughs> oh, that I, I was remember, great. I remember my late brother telling me about that and how incredible uh, an experience that was and how much he enjoyed it. It's funny. I love the photo of you <laughs> at the World's Fair. Yeah, with the with the Unisphere in the yeah, background, right there in the background, um, a site that many of us know till this day because it's still there. And um, it, you have photos in here and uh, a discussion about your college years. Um, were you able to graduate and accomplish what any other, you know, college student did and could have done in those days? Thank God. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I graduated. Um, you know, if I don't mean to boast, but. You know, summa cum laude. And, yeah, my um, point being that un, un, unlike those who who felt the need to tell you that to tell you or give you the feeling that you know you couldn't get married or achieve certain milestones, when it came to college, people were generally, you know, I don't know well, they, they 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 were they understood that you'd be able to accomplish that. Um, I think so. I will say, um, I have tremendous tremendous um, hakara satov to Yeshiva University. Um, I did not go to any Jewish school growing up because the schools then were not at all um, wheelchair accessible. Right. Thank God we've come such a long way now in this regard. But back then, you know, I went to, well, to no school at all until I was nine. And then at that point I went to what 
horrible segregated um, classes for disabled children, totally, totally segregated. Finally, in high school, I went to a real, real high school and took classes with everyone else, again, a public school. Right. But it was, at, it was at Stern College that I got my first um, opportunity for a, a truly a Jewish education, and I'm very grateful. I will say that initially, um, when I applied to Stern, there was some hesitation, but once they met me, I think they realized that they could make it work and I'll always be grateful to them. Um, after college, I went on for a master's at uh, Columbia in um, rehabilitation counseling. <laughs> it's funny, I thought, I thought that I wanted to be, when I was a child, I wanted to be a child psychologist for UNICEF because <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved languages and I loved children and I wanted to help people. But anyway, I, so I, I got my master's and then I started my doctorate at NYU in counseling psychology. I didn't finish my doctorate. I stopped like 18 credits short. I'm, maybe I'm talking too much. No, but you're fine. I, I'll explain just in a nutshell that um, at the time I was working as a, as a um, vocational counselor for the Department of Labor, and um, I was miserable. I was just so unhappy, and I had this epiphany uh, which I talk about um, actually in the in the book, um, and I and I realized that the reason I was unhappy is that I was a, a, what I like to call a kosher ham. I I, I love the spotlight. I love I love telling stories at the time to my nieces and nephews, and here I was as a therapist, where I had to sort of squelch that part of me that really loves to communicate. And once I realized that, my career completely changed, and I got into a field that gave me great satisfaction. It was called management training and development. Oh, yeah. So I worked in a corporation conducting workshops, teaching managers how to be effective um, as counselors, as listeners, as communicators. Um, anyway, so in my in my career... Um, yes, I did run into prejudice, but um, thank God, it, you know, it was it was a good it was a good career, and I'm so happy to thank God have left it in order to raise my family. All right, a uh, couple minutes left. Um, when, therefore, based on what you're saying regarding the progress we've made, when you see a synagogue, for instance, mm -hmm. whose bima is accessible to wheelchairs, you find that to be very significant. Absolutely, and you know, I'm planning to mention this on on Motzei Shabbos. I think it's really quite compelling that the word for a shul is a Beit Knesset. Knesset meaning to be included, right? Um, to enter, um, and I think it's wonderful that shuls now are finally becoming accessible. Um, what What is your reaction when some people? Um, Find find themselves being impatient when a bus stops to make the proper arrangements so someone in a motorized wheelchair can get on that bus. Well, for me, by the way, the bus is a metaphor for freedom. Um, it's you know, I mean, in American history, riding a bus right significant. I mean, right. I mean that as we all know, right. many people were not allowed to ride the bus 
like everyone else. And, and certainly not uh, the front of the bus. And yeah, front of the bus, back of the bus. Right. So for me, the bus is 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 thrilling. And if people are annoyed, um, oh, I mean, at the beginning when the buses first got the wheelchair lifts, there were people who were really really annoyed. Right. <laughs> now it's become so commonplace that I, I think people just are very ho hum. Ho-hum. And the driver... And, and, and you know something? That's what I'm really after in life. I'm after the ho-hum. Right. I don't want people to say, oh, isn't she something? Oh, isn't she... I'd rather people go, oh, Hava Willie Levy. Oh, yeah. She's the one that, that knows the lyrics to every Broadway song that ever came down the pipe. Right. And, and she, you know, she, and she gets around in a wheelchair. And by the way, the drivers are more proficient and much faster at it now. Oh, so. yes, and there's no more sabotage, <laughs> which there used to be. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, heavens, it's in my book, too. And, and it also, it, again, I'm sorry for being so personal, you, you mentioned breathing problems, for instance. It doesn't sound to me like your breathing now is labored. Is that something that comes and goes, or I just don't realize what you're going um, through? No, no, it's, um, thank you for asking. No, my breathing is, um, it, it doesn't affect my, you know, speaking and, um, in any way. Right. Um, but I use a ventilator at night when I go to sleep. And basically what it does is it lets my diaphragm, which is the breathing muscle, right. which is weak, it lets it completely take a vacation because it needs a rest, given that it's working very hard um, when I'm just up and about. And the funny thing is I'm not aware of it. I don't feel um, that I'm working hard because somehow the body knows that what it needs. So, for example, <clears throat> excuse me, um, there are muscles in my neck that pull air in when it when the body needs a little more air, something that you don't do, for example. Right. And I'm not even aware that I'm doing it. But if I happen to be in front of a mirror and I'm talking, I'll suddenly notice muscles in my neck that are kind of like doing something. Right. So again, I mean, Hashem really did some amazing, amazing things that the body knows what it needs. Um, but thank God, I mean, I'm a long way away from the iron lung. And based on the proof and the circumstances, as you describe it in your book, God chose you for this for whatever reason it was. Yes, and I'm... And, you know, it's a funny thing to say, but I'm, I'm grateful. I'm extremely grateful for the adventure. On, uh, many of us need Rosh Chodesh Adar to remember to be happy. What do you say to people who need constant reminders about happiness and joy to wrap things up, Chava Willig-Levy? What can you tell us on this topic well, uh, of happiness being a choice? Well, happiness is a choice, but I feel it's very important to say I want to, if anyone is feeling occasionally sad, I want to say, number one, I give you permission to feel sad. It's okay to feel sad. Um, I love the line in davening, don't be afraid of a sudden fear. Any emotion, fear or sadness, God gave us that, and we shouldn't feel that it's a sign of being a failure. Of course, if one feels sad in a very profound and constant way, of course, reach out and get help. Everyone needs help on this re in this regard sometimes. Mm. But I repeat, yes, be happy, 
but don't put yourself down if occasionally you're not. Chava Willaglevi at the Young Israel of North Woodmere this coming Saturday night. The book is a memoir. It's called A Life Not Withstanding. I am highly recommending it. I can't thank you enough for joining us here this morning. Oh, do you mind if I uh, close out the segment with Enrique Omasias? Oh, wow, I'd love that. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. Chava Willaglevi, have a wonderful month of Adar, and good luck with the book and with the lecture on Saturday night. Thank you. Chava leave you with us on a Rosh Chodesh Adar morning, a Thursday at JM in the AM. You'll read about him in Chava Willig-Levy's book, that I guarantee you. 21 minutes after 8 o'clock, his uh, rendition of Hatikva here at JM in the AM. Rosh Chodesh morning, plenty more coming up. We'll talk about the YU's Farm sale. Don't forget that the Soul to Soul concert happens this coming Sunday. Chaim Yisrael and Benny Friedman are together this coming Sunday at the Brooklyn School of Music. It's 883 Claussen Avenue starting at 7 p.m. Go to jewishtickets.com. For information on that. Also, I remind you that Eitan Katz is coming to a Passaic, New Jersey. Actually, more accurately, I believe it's Clifton, New Jersey at Kehillas Base Shalom. Eitan Katz, 8.30 this coming Saturday night on Passaic Avenue in Clifton. Kehillas Base Shalom. Everyone go and enjoy. Information on that one is 973-773-1094. 973-773-1094. Mazal Tov going out to the Ambrose and Mendelsberg families. Ilana Ambrose, Yosef Mendelsberg, the wedding is tonight. Riva and Gary, Mazal Tov to you and the entire Ambrose and extended Ambrose and Mendelsberg families. Uh, it is just uh, going to be a wonderful celebration. Uh, Mazal Tov. From all of us here at JM in the AM. Benny Friedman is next.
the camel that completes our tour of the camp. And if you like, I'll walk you back to the headquarters building. Oh, yes, thank you, General Berkowitz. You know, it certainly has been a very fulfilling experience here visiting with your troops. I'm, I'm certain my readers will be as impressed as I am with the discipline and precision with which this camp is run, especially since it's an army made up basically of civilians. Thank you, Mr. Campbell. It's always a pleasure showing a member of the press around. Yeah, well, oh, General, uh, excuse me, I, I guess you didn't notice that guard. The, the private we just walked past didn't salute you. He didn't what? He didn't salute me? <laughs> no, General, he didn't. Well, we'll see about that. Soldier, is it true that when I just passed you, that you didn't salute me? That's right, I didn't salute you. What's the matter, Mendel? You're mad at me. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Partly cloudy, windy today, a high of 23. We're at 17 with a wind chill of 6. Low temperature tonight supposed to be 3 degrees. How great is that? Malcolm Honline tomorrow from Jerusalem. Malcolm Honline tomorrow from Jerusalem with the weekly update. Make sure to be tuned in from Jerusalem tomorrow, which is always a special treat. Plenty going on on our stream all day long here at jmnam.org. Coming up right after... JM in the AM. It'll be uh, Charlie Harari, all the regular segments and uh, and more uh, in the uh, presentation called The Boardroom with Charlie Harari. That's happening between 9 and 10. Special shout out to our friends at the Joel Paul Group who have taken special interest in that hour. And uh, if you tune in, Charlie will tell you how they've been uh, dominating the scene when it comes to uh, job seeking in our community. Allison Josephs with Jew in the City Speaks at 10 a.m. with special guest Batya, an Orthodox Jewish woman who with her husband decided to take two small children into their home when no one else was there to care for them. And Sarah Castile, an Orthodox Jewish teen, single-handedly running a food rescue organization. Some amazing people out there. Uh, then at 10.30, Mayor, it's part of the Venahapochu Rosh Chodesh Adar. Mayor Fertig is going to be hosting the... Um, that's Life program, and he'll celebrate Adar and switch shows with uh, Miriam L. Wallach. She'll be doing the stunt show later on. But there'll be a serious subject. He'll interview Marianne Waxberg, a longtime host of a program on Radio Shalom in Denmark, which is off the air on the advice of authorities following the shootings there earlier this week. It's a bizarre response to an act of terrorism. Mayor Furtick speaks with her as Denmark's Jewish radio station has been shut down at the recommendation of authorities. We'll do what's new in the world of Judaica with Shlemy Eichler at 12 noon Eastern time on our stream. 1 o'clock, Miriam L. Wallach with the um, special edition of the Stun Show, as we said, part of the Venahapo Hu. She'll be playing some of her favorite musical selections. Uh, so that should be interesting. There'll be a few wedding selections, I'm told, in honor of the recent network Simcha, the Weingast and Engelmeyer family. And the Aryeh Kunstler for sure will be included as well. <laughs> That's just some of the things you can look forward to later on today with uh, Miriam L. Wallach during the stun show. And uh, finally, where was the, um, oh, here it is. Spin class tonight with Michael Fragan focuses on the Israeli elections just four weeks away. Mitchell Barak, pollster and founder of Kivun, will join Michael Fragan uh, tonight um, 
And, uh, and the whole issue, of course, of, uh, BB's speech to Congress will be the focus as well. So that's all happening tonight starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time on the stream at the jmtheam.org. I hope you'll all be tuned in. Uh, don't forget the NSN app. A lot of people commenting on the NSN app this morning. Uh, listener Anita says, amazing interview with Chava Willaglevi. Thank you. Uh, listener says, you're choosing some awesome Adar comedy segments. Good Chodesh and thanks. I appreciate that. Listener says, Chag Sameach Chodesh Tov. Have a joyous month, you all. The way they wrote it, I think they're from the South. And, um, and Nachum, thank you for speaking to Chava Willaglevi at length. We were able to learn more of her fascinating life than the last time she spoke on NSN. So inspiring. She certainly is. More coming up. This is JM in the AM. Let's go, let's go, let's go. 
for the attack tomorrow morning exactly as you ordered. That's good, Major. Now, what time do we jump off? The attack is scheduled for 6.45, 7 o'clock in that neighborhood. <laughs> good, good. I'm only to schedule the paratroopers in to meet the ground troops at the objective. The juncture of infantry and paratroops will be made Wednesday, 0900, Thursday the latest. <laughs> Major, you've done it again. There's only one thing, General. We've got to close off that gap on the left flank. Well, there's only one man to run that operation. General Finkelstein. Right, sir. Get me General Finkelstein. Eastern Sector Command, Post 6, immediately. Right, sir. I'm calling for the Chief of Staff. This is a top priority call. Get me General Finkelstein, Eastern Second Command, Post 6 immediately. Please deposit another 20 cents. <laughs> Operator, hurry. This is top priority. Don't get excited. I'll get you General Finkelstein. But first, I have to know one thing. What is it? Did you want General Finkelstein the furrier or General Finkelstein the jeweler? <laughs> Rosh Chodesh morning with our comedy segments here on an Adar. Well, I guess officially it's the last day of Shvat, but you know what I mean. A Rosh Chodesh Adar morning here at JM in the AM. All the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, of course. Thanks for joining us. Two weeks from Purim. Could you imagine Purim two weeks from today? That calendar just keeps on moving, doesn't it? Tomorrow, Friday, weekly update time. Make sure to join us. Malcolm Honline will be in Jerusalem. We'll be here 7.40 tomorrow morning. We'll go through the events of this week. And, boy, there's a lot to talk about, isn't there? That's for sure. A couple of things before we get to the uh, Wayus Farm sale. One of our listeners reminds us that Oneg Shemesh is in concert at the Kulanu Center for Special Services in Cedarhurst. is coming Sunday beginning at 11 a.m. That starts at 11 a.m. Go to onegshemesh.com for information, onegshemesh.com. And I just saw the promo video, which I'm assuming is on the Soul to Soul website, right? I assume it's there. Mendy Pellin and Jew Bellish are going to be <laughs> – I talk about Jew Bellish as if it's a person. Uh, Mendy Pellin as Jew Bellish will be featured at the Soul to Soul concert now uh, this coming Sunday night in Brooklyn, New York. It's a great video. He's a funny man. 
The promo video is really funny. Chaim Yisrael, Benny Friedman, and now Mendy Pellin this coming Sunday. Brooklyn School of Music, the benefits Soul to Soul. Go to jewishtickets.com, uh, any of the websites, soultosoul.org, and uh, you can get a uh, get all the information you need regarding that uh, concert for Sunday night. Shalom Zarnist is with us live via telephone. He's the man in charge of the Sfarim sale at Yeshiva University, which is going on now until March the 1st and which this coming Sunday will feature an Alumni Family Day at the Sfarim Sale. Shalom Zarnist, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going so far? Have you met thousands of people over the first couple of weeks of the sale? So far, the first couple of weeks, every day meeting new people. Some people I uh, did not expect to meet. This past week I met uh, Rabbi Joseph Telushkin. That was a pretty big deal for me. Wow, that's great. His book must be doing well, am I right? Yeah, his new book, uh, Rabbi, The Life and Teachings of uh, Malcolm Mendel Schneerson, that's been, that's pretty much been flying one of the bestsellers. Yeah, I can imagine. He was here to discuss the book, and that was one of the most amazing mornings we had. Um, so you get to meet some authors, and you get to see some spe- special people who come up to Yeshiva University once a year just to see what you guys have to offer. Is there anything of, uh, I don't know, anything people need to know about this year's sale aside from the fact that tens of thousands of items are available? I'd say the two biggest things to know for this year's sale is the first thing is that the website's been completely been redone and it's now very easily accessible and easy to use. Pictures are up of every book and it's just really a fantastic and a breeze to use. Nice. And the second thing to know is that uh, music is now back and sold at the sale. Well, what was it? Say it again. That music is now being sold at the sale. Oh, there, was there a year? Was there a year or two where music was not for sale? The last two years there have there have not been music and this year it's back. What's the big seller in the music department this year? The big seller in the music department is Danny Friedman CD, the new one. Can imagine doing yeah. very well, doing very well everywhere. Hey, tonight is Thursday night. Why is Thursday night always a special night at the Sfarim sale? Well, especially this Thursday night, being Rosh Chodesh Adar, the uh, staff will be dressed up. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> That's great. And I guess some uh, festive garb. Just in general, though, Thursday night a nice place with you know. At least for a lot of times for students not having class the next morning, it's a nice place to hang out on a Thursday night. We're open a little bit later till 11 p.m. And I think because, the ge- I think the general public also uses Thursday night to come on up and spend a little extra time, right? That is correct. It's Thursday night in general is just more crowded than the weekday, and it's always just a nice place to uh, get something. You know, maybe you want to stay at the Shabbos table Friday night. So with the Rosh Chodesh Adar plan for you guys for tonight, uh, it's possible that Haman might be selling a Shulchan Aruch this evening. That's possible. That is very possible. <laughs> I can only imagine the originality that we'll see tonight at this farm sale among the costumes of these farm sales staff. The hours tonight are 7.30 until 11. Every Saturday night in February, you're open from 8 until 11. Has Motzei Shabbat been a big time up there? Yeah, Motzei Shabbat's really been very, very crowded. All right. And it's, even though I guess it's fortunate or unfortunate, it's, it reaches point sometimes where people can't move to see what they want, but it's, wow. it's really nice to see uh, everyone come in. On the uh, on the first Motzei Shabbos, we had a lot of the uh, JLICs from local college campuses come in. Right. This Motzei Shabbos, actually, the JLIC from Penn State's coming in. Nice. Well, yeah, a lot of nice groups coming in, and it just really makes for a nice atmosphere. Do, you, do Yeshiva High School uh, specific Rebbeim or Shiurim still come down to this farm sale? So they actually have been coming down daily. Yesterday, Ramaz came. Nice. Uh, this morning between, actually, it's already this afternoon, but between 12 and 1, TABC is coming with Rob Malitsky. All right. 
I'll tell you, Baruch Hashem, you guys have been reaching out like crazy and really doing a great service to the community. By the way, next week, everybody, every night, 7.30 until 10.30, and of course, till 11 o'clock on Thursday, this farm sale will be open. But don't forget, on the two Sundays, this coming Sunday, Alumni Day, and then the closing Sunday, which is March 1st, this farm sale will be open from 10 to 10. Is the last day, I mean, I, I don't know how honest you could be about this following question, but is the last day a day to avoid because so much of the stock has been depleted at that point, or, or on the last day of this farm sale, there's still plenty for people to shop for? So in the last years, I noticed in the last day, the sales tend to be the, the highest. We try to make sure that everything there, at least what's popular, is still there. Nice. I will be honest and say not everything that you would have seen the first day is still going to be there. Right. But the majority of the titles are still there, and the popular ones we make sure are full and ready to be bought. All right, so both Sundays, this Sunday and next Sunday, this farm sale at YU open from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Are you aware of the schedule for Alumni Family Day this coming Sunday? I'm aware of part of it. I know there will uh, be a clown. Yep. There'll be clowns. There'll be a magic show. There'll be a Purim-themed puppet creation where kids will actually be able to make their own puppets with educators from the Yeshiva University Museum. There'll be a special soccer workshop downstairs from these farm sale and that no, not downstairs next door I should say from these farm sale that's going to be the Max Stern Athletic Center for kids until the age of eight and uh, while you alumni can uh, stop by and take advantage of all their special uh, discounts and raffles etc all the different things that are going on uh, this coming Sunday so it's alumni day up at YU for this farm sale for information you can check out their website and I guess you could uh, what's the best website for the sale in general. The website is thesfarmsale.com. And that's farm with an O in the middle. Yeah, it's S-E-S-O-R-I-M. That's the, uh, been the spelling since I got here, and I guess I'd be breaking Masora if I changed it, so. <laughs> Does anybody have the website with the A? I wonder. <laughs> you might be able to get both at this point, you know. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> the, if, if nothing else came out of this conversation, hopefully that'll be something that, yeah, so that'll be domain names. that'll be implemented for next year. TheSephorumSale.com. TheSephorumSale.com gives you the schedule of these farm sale up at YU, which goes till March the first, and uh, gives you, as you uh, as you heard um, uh, Shalom Zarnis say, uh, 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 the ability to see what what the the image of every book that's for sale at the, at the sale. Uh, just about every single book, even wow. though at this point we're still two weeks in, only two weeks left. Whatever still isn't there, we've still been uploading images daily, wow. just to make sure that you know people see that they're getting what they want. And you can also buy gift cards to the sale online, correct? Yeah, you can buy gift cards online. That was actually we started by Hanukkah, starting as a Hanukkah present, right? And come in various quantities, and you know just email them to the person you want to give them, and it's that simple. Are people taking advantage of that? Yeah, thank God, it's really been since Hanukkah. Every single day, you see new people are buying gift cards. Right. How many years have you been involved with this farm sale? This is my fourth year. Toughest job at this farm sale is the toughest job is probably being those... charge of the back end when all the new shipments come in. Meaning, bringing bringing in the inventory. Yeah, it's a lot of schlepping. Wow. Now, during the beginning, everyone else, but once the sale actually begins, it's you and your your team, and it's a lot of shopping. I can only imagine it. Hopefully there's some big guys there who are saying, just put the shots on my back, I'll take care of it. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. All right, Shalom, good luck. See you tonight. Thank well, you. I, I won't see you tonight, but I'm sure plenty of listeners will at this farm sale this evening from 7.30 until 11, and, of course, Saturday night and the entire day Sunday, as we mentioned. Good luck and send regards to everybody up at Yeshiva University. I will. Thank you so much. There he is. 
Shalom Zarnist. I think it is the largest largest farm sale, I don't know, in the world or in the United States. or I'm, I'm telling you, they get all the accolades, rightfully so. They've got everything you can everything you can imagine. Everything you want to read, everything you want to bring into your home, everything you wonder about, it's all there at this farm sale. Everything is there. So go and enjoy. JM in the AM at 13 minutes before 9 o'clock. We'll be at the Ambrose and the Mendelsberg wedding tonight. That's our plan for this evening. Ilana Ambrose and Yosef Mendelsberg, Mazaltov. Gary and Riva, Mazaltov. The entire extended Ambrose and Mendelsberg families. Mazaltov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Wonderful to share Simcha with friends. Amishanichnas Adar Marbim Besimcha. So you got Rosh Chodesh Adar and a wedding on the same day. How incredible is that? More coming up. This is JM in the AM.
I just heard how terrible. Twenty-seven years you and Sam were partners. Partners? Brothers! And after all that time, you split. What happened? No choice. There was no way out. It was kismet. <laughs> Tell me something. Would you stay partners with a man who stole from petty cash? Took postage stamps home from poisonous mail? Gambled corporation funds at the racetrack? And to top it off, took cash from the company safe? Would you want a partnership with such a man? Never. Well, neither did he. <laughs> oh, yes. A home run with that one. A nice solo shot to left center field with that one. That was great. Um, <laughs> Adar comedy segments get us in the mood for this joyous month of Adar, and let's hope, in fact, they'll be uh, more and more joyous each day. Uh, while we try to remain joyous, we also try to analyze the events of the week. And <laughs> that means a weekly update is tomorrow. Ma- Malcolm Holmline from Jerusalem tomorrow morning at 7.40 Eastern Time right here at JM in the AM. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Coming up next, Charlie Harari with the boardroom on jmtheam.org and the NSN app. Big shout out to our friends at the Joel Paul Group. Uh, 10 o'clock for Allison Joseph's two great guests on Jew in the City Speaks. Uh, coming up at 10.30, Vinahapohu, Mayor Ferdigan for Miriam L. Wallach, Mayor Speaks. To a representative of the Danish radio station, Jewish radio station, that's been closed down at the recommendation of authorities. 
listening at 10.30 Eastern Time this morning for that conversation. What's new in the world of Judaica? Shlaimi Eichler joins me at 12 noon Eastern Time. At 1 o'clock, part of the Vanahapohu, Miriam L. Wallach with a musical stunt show between 1 and 2. And tonight's spin class about Israeli politics with Michael Fragan beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, all on jmnam.org. Have a great Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.